Right now, by faith, we just spread the shedding sauce upon Brendan. <laughs> oh, Lord! Spread it out! Spread it around, Lord! All over the place! Put it on Brian, too! Put some of that shed-in sauce all over Jordan. Smear it on everybody in this place, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the smearing of the shed-in. Amen. Introverts, I know you're not an introvert. I know you're not introverted. The river of life is an extrovert. You're an Audi, not an any. Come on up to the front row if you want to get wild and crazy. For the undignified only. I live in the treasure house. <laughs> Alright, not bad, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody here just pray for the camera angel. Oh, Lord, get the camera angel drunk tonight. Oh! Get the camera angel fried in the glory. Hey man, we just curse the religious spirit of doubt and unbelief in the animal soul right now and burn it up. There's a fresh oil of joy on fire poured on everyone's head like a furnace. 
Amen. Thank you, Father, for Holocaustal drunken glory. Not one sad religious thing left alive. It all got burnt up in the beehive. Like a baked potato with sour cream and onion chive. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> oh, yes. Chopped onion glory. Oh, yes. You are being lifted up into the double baked potato of heaven. Hallelujah. <laughs> Just, uh, just say, Lord, double bake me. Amen, amen. I'm gonna get double baked all night tonight like a stuffed potato. Holy Ghost, you're the stuffing. You can trust the Holy Spirit's angels. Amen. I don't trust anything that I can't control. You have issues. Just look at your neighbor and say, you have issues. We're bringing your issues into the light. Not to expose you, but to heal you. Amen, 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 amen. God really likes you. Jesus has a crush on you. Even if you're a boy. That's a special one for gay, gay months. They say June is gay months in Babylon. I'm not in Babylon, so I think it's all pretty funny what they do. I have fun in every season under the sun, above the sun, and in the sun. You better tell someone. Hey, thank you, Jesus. Glory. Hey, they look pretty shocked out there in internet land. Wow, what am I tuning into tonight? Like a bug zapper. Like electroshock therapy. Yeah. What's going on in Minneapolis? I don't have the same atmosphere in my car that I live in on the side of the road. <laughs> my camper doesn't feel like that. Let's earn your camper. Or your car, or your side of the road, into a dome and canopy of the glory of God, if you can get out of the facade of the Antichrist Nimrod. And don't even worry about taking anything seriously in the glory, because it's the realm of the overcomer where you're just drunk on victory all the time. The joy is the evidence that you've conquered something spiritually in your heart. <laughs> Sometimes it's just a gifting. Some people have a gifting just to be out of their mind all the time. You know, Jesus had that gift. He was never in the flesh. He never sinned. He was always in his spirit from conception. Even as a one-year-old, he was in his spirit. He was a, the, the pinnacle of maturity of a prophet at one. The Bible says he's the only one born weos. 
He was actually conceived. The weos of God were born technon. Two Greek words in the New Testament for child of God. One is mature government. He had mature government as a one-celled organism. Embryonic. Yeah, when he was just fluid in his mother's belly, looking like a little tadpole in there. The government of God was on the tadpole. You can tell the ones in this place worshiping tadpole Jesus. <laughs> Crawling out of the ooze, the primordial ooze glory. That's where, that's the glory that you had with the Father before the world was. We did start as one-celled organisms of glory. Perfected little tadpoles of glory in there. Is it amphibious? Is it a mammal? Is it, we don't, it don't even matter what it is. Who cares what it is? It's the glory. I don't need to figure it out. I just need to experience it and learn to walk in faith, not by sight, so that the demon's not in control of my walk, but the Holy Ghost is. Have you got to be in control in that brain of yours? Satan's in control. Satan is your Lord. Satan's your Lord. And I don't say that to be mean. It's just the truth anyhow. Have you got to think it in order to do it? If you got to figure it out to do it, there's no faith in that. That's the carnal doubt and unbelief of the fallen angels. So Jesus is not yet your Lord. He's probably your Savior, but He's not your Lord. Lordship means you've given Him your mind and the control of your body. The control and the will of your life, your actual flesh and blood belong to Him and He can steer you by His eyes. He can steer you by His rivers, by His watercourses that bring life. There's an ease in the glory that you are steered by the watercourses of the glory where you never need to figure anything out anymore. I mean, it's a place where the glory cloud is the gift of discernment and you're not using flesh like a satanic demon to discern out of the flesh. Oh, my brain discerns wrongly. Your brain can only discern wrongly. The flesh can't discern a fly from a mosquito in the invisible realm. The flesh can't discern an angel from a fallen angel in the invisible realm. It's always wrong. I've never seen the flesh, right? The flesh has never helped the bride of Christ. The flesh has never helped one believer once, but it's certainly shut down most Christians' destinies. It's certainly destroyed most people's callings. When they get into their skull and the temptations of knowledge that caused your father Adam and your mother Eve to leave the glory realm and the water courses of life, they got the control spirit of Satan in them. They got the serpent nature, which is the ability of the flesh. You have to be willing to give up the ability of the flesh, the control of the flesh life, in order to begin in the water courses of the spirit life. You have to value angelic ability and disvalue animalic ability in order to grow in the glory, because the glory is the ability of your spirit. Do you want that ability? Are you willing to give up the fallen ability for the risen ability? Can we even work with you? Are you even clay in the potter's hands? How much? 30-fold, how much have you given him? 
Like, how high do you want to grow in Christ? You need to look at your soul and see how much you're willing to pay to play in the glory. Amen. You got to pay to play. It is written. Uh huh. Count the cost. Jesus Christ, red letters. Count the cost before you go to war. Pay to play. Same exact thing. Counting costs. How much is it going to cost me of my natural man in order to develop my spiritual man? Am I going to look mad in front of others? Do I care what people think more than what the Holy Spirit thinks? How deep is your conviction in the angel of the Lord? The great I am. God the Father's name is the angel of the Lord. That's his name in the Bible. It's written over 135 times in the scriptures. Angel of the Lord. Angel of Yahweh. God himself is a light being, an angel of Shekinah glory that created all the glories of the stars, all the glories of man and woman, all the glories of the atmosphere, all the glories of the worlds, all the glories of everything. He's the creator of glories. Those are the realms that you live in angelically. Amen. But you can only be in those realms if you forsake the natural realm when in fact forsaking the natural realm makes you the masters of the natural realm. You don't get downgraded in anything in God. It's not possible. You only get upgraded by faith and trust because God is awesome. God is God. God's a great king. God is a champion warrior. He's mighty strength in battle. He's never weak. He's never lost in anything he's ever done. Nor can he. He's the best at everything. He's the most excellent and perfect. The Lord Jesus described him to the people as the perfect father. Which means anything that can be done in the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of the earth, the father is better at it already than you can ever be in three trillion years of practicing. Not to discourage you, to encourage you that he's already perfected everything. He's a perfect father, which means anything you grow in, the perfect father will father you in, in the kingdom realm of your spirit. And you can only get fathered in your spirit. There's no fathering of the soul. There's no fathering of the brain. There's no fathering of the body of the flesh, of the blood, there's zero of that. All that nonsense of the flesh and the blood burns as he fathers your spirit in the glory. Just say, in the glory. He's fathering me in the glory. He really is. He's fathering your spirit. You are the child of God. You are the little children of God. Don't think of yourself as anything other than a spirit getting fathered by the father of spirits. Otherwise, you're delusional. Because there's no other part of you that's even real. If it can decay, if it can die, if it can wear out with use, the Bible says that disqualifies it from divinity. If it can decay, if it can wear out with use, it's not God. It's not God. That's what the Bible says. God cannot wear out with use. God is immortal, invincible, indestructible. The Holy Spirit is the only God in this place. And he's really in here by the spirit of glory. The manifest glory is like a cloud in my 
spirit crucified eyes in this place. You can drink it. You can absorb it. Get impartation. As much as you want to grow in this place is available to everyone at the sound of my voice. The issue is you have to make room for the glory. You gotta make room for the glory. You gotta get out of the way and let him be gay. Let him be gay in you. Let him be gay through you. And let's show the world what real gayness is. Amen? Let's show them the Lord of gay. You know, they're looking for it. They want to be gay. But they're a bunch of wannabes because the flesh can never be gay. No, you think you're gay. You're not really gay. You're not gay. We're real gays. You're fake gays. Sure than yeah. This is my rainbow. I Every time I see the rainbow flag everywhere flying, it always makes me smile. It always makes me happy. Because I'm so gone in the glory, it can only mean what God's interpretation is. If you're not in the glory, you might think what the demons think. Because you're not even in the glory, you're not even in the spirit, you're not even in heaven, you're in hell. And so hell is a, run, a place ran by lies, where lies have influence in your minds. Are you in the lies of hell? Probably. Probably. <laughs> That's why I'm laughing at you. Have you ever seen me playing in the manure pile, covered in maggots? You can laugh at me too. I doubt it's ever going to happen. I've learned everything the hard way that I'm not playing around in the realm of the dead, necromancing in the flesh, in the facade of the human animal in the heart and pretending to be good, external drunkenness as if that affirms my righteousness. Listen, man. You get around the prophetic anointing, anyone's sense of the spirit get whack, but what is it like when you're alone? How drunk are you when you're completely alone? That's the real assessment when you're all by your lonesome, when you're in the shower, when you're in the bathroom, when you're in your bedroom, when there's no one else around, you know, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. And that's the place you want to lay hands on your spirit and say, Lord Jesus, just judge my heart. Lord Jesus, judge my mind. And you'd be shocked how good the Lamb of God is in his judgments to remove Satan, the curse of the fall, lower animal elevations, maggot piles of human manure, 6,000 years of generational curses of Adamic bloodlines, the entire existence of the Adamic race of the 70 root nations of Nimrod, and anything else that's down here just gets burnt crispy, and the cross releases glory up into the brain through the whole mess of the records of your ancestry.com. It bypasses and surpasses the human nature. And the cross is your judge. You cannot judge yourself. Don't judge yourself. Usually we're too immature, we'll come into agreement with Satan. Let the cross be your judge. Because the cross's judgment just gets the devil out and all of a sudden there's just glory flowing in there like, really, it's that easy? Yes, it's that easy, it's that light. The cross is easy, the cross is light. Now you got a demon cross, because demons counterfeit this stuff. You might have a heavy burden, a heavy, listen, that is not the Lord. That is not the Lord. Get your burden bearing away from me and cast it 
upon the cross of Christ crucified to death. Something you're carrying didn't die on the cross. That's why it's heavy. If it's crucified, it's light. The crucifixion produces the Shekinah glory. Shekinah means light and bright. Jesus Christ said his teaching and his discipleship was light and bright. It wasn't hard. He says it's not hard. What's hard is religion. The demon pretending to be Jesus, making everything hard because you're totally deceived. That's what makes it hard. Do you feel that? Awfully quiet in here all of a sudden. Love rejoices in the truth. So it's like an examination of how much cross we have in our hearts every time we're before the bar of heaven. Yeah. Until the cross has so circumcised your heart, it's light being and light being with the Father formed in all of your angels as an army of sons of God, an army of light beings, fully angelic, children of the resurrection, Luke 20, it is written. And so someone whose spirit always rejoices in the cross because the animal is completely slaughtered. Not one time, not two time, constantly, thoroughly, because you've allowed the cross to judge you. Heavenly Father, I pray for the cross in our spiritual stomachs to judge our animal hearts. How do you know it's animal? Well, because you're a mammal. Science. Because you have a warm-blooded body that's called a homo sapien sapien mammal. You're a, the flesh is a warm-blooded mammal. That's an animal. So the flesh is an animal. That's the mark of the beast. It's the consciousness yielding to the outer man or the outer woman, not even knowing that you have a regenerated new creature in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17, and you're not living out of that dimension of reality at all. Most Christians live completely out of the animal in the limitations of their male or female nature, which has zero to do with Christianity. Zero. It has zero to do with the new covenant. The Holy Spirit's not even involved in that mess. It's all demons. Witchcraft demons, religious demons, Jezebel demons, thousands and millions of demons, 200 million, Revelation 9, I heard their number, of all the fallen angels that work in the realm of the human heart and the human brain or the animal. Satan is the chief of the beasts of all the field or the chief of the animals of all the field. If you're involved in the flesh, you're under the devils. That's what the Bible says. That's what's wrong. Get out of the devil by getting out of the flesh. And if you give your mind, your consciousness to the Holy Spirit and the cross, you'll have zero demonic influence all the days of your life. Zero. The demons will be so far away from you, you won't even know what spiritual warfare is anymore. <laughs> Truth in hell. Satan was defeated at the cross. If you don't have the cross, you'd be involved, involved in animal warfare, beast wrestling beasts, and you say it's spiritual warfare. Is this the hardest battle you've given me, Lord? You literally just need to put your phone down and go outside. <laughs> it's not a hard battle, but the battle cannot be won in the beast. There's no victory in that dimension. The beast is the animal sacrifice of the new covenant. Your flesh, your blood, your heart, your mind is where the cross is applied completely and thoroughly more ever increasingly every day from glory to glory is carrying your cross higher up through your animal heart and your animal mind until there's zero flesh influence over the new creature in Christ that is 100% pure spirit of grace. 
And you'd be surprised how wonderful things become in the body when it's crucified with Christ. It becomes its original design in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve had flesh. Adam and Eve had bones. Adam and Eve had blood. But you know what? The Spirit had such government over the flesh that it was clear. The only abilities they had ever used were their spirit's abilities. It's like your belly, your spirit in your belly, having so much government and so high that you've never even looked down to see you had a body. That's what the Garden of Eden was actually like. That's why it's always called an ascension or a rising and the resurrection because you're rising through your hearts as a spirit being conquering the world, Satan, and sin. And what degree have you risen within? That's the measure of the world, Satan, and sin that you've risen within by your personal cross that you've been given as the mustard seed that produces the greatest of the garden plants or the tree of life in your spiritual stomachs. How high can you go? You'll go to the place you want to go. You'll go as high as you're willing to sacrifice, and then they can no longer walk with us, as you've seen 100,000 people before in Red Letter Ministries. Or this is as high as I want to go. If I go any higher, it's going to cost me things I like about myself. It's going to cost me my conveniences and my comforts and the things that I really cling to and care for. And it's all deception anyway, because you'd get like the thousandfold increase of the Solomonic of the ancient Jewish race's bloodlines of the Tabernacle of David. And your, your treasure house would be kingly. But because you're not willing to sacrifice your human bloodline ability at that degree of the cross risen in thee, you only get a human inheritance. And so you die as mere men. Have I not said you are gods, but ye shall die as men? You're not meant to die as men. You're not meant to let God lift you up and then live a good, manly, or womanly life and die. That's not Christianity. That's total delusion. You're meant to keep going until your body is so far under your feet you're not even aware of your body ever when you're driving. You're 30 feet out of body looking down to the car. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've done it. You do it. Your spirit can do it. You don't have to live in the flesh. The flesh is the blankie of the coward. It's an act of cowardliness to submit to the outer man and pretend to be righteous and in right standing with God. No one is in right standing when they're submitted to the flesh. They're in wrongdoing. When the flesh is peeled back and your angel is out in the bravery of the Spirit of the Lord, of the angel of the Lord, facing all of these animal spirits and deceived religious spirits working in the flesh to get your spirit back down, submitted to the law of sin and death that keeps you in the body. That's the realm of the cowards, the realm of the murderers, the realm of the dead. We have become the living amongst the dead. Apostle Paul says in Philippians, <laughs> But I no longer count my body, my person. I'm no longer preaching to you. Galatians chapter 4, in the infirmity of the flesh, I am now preaching to you in the health of my spirit. The Apostle Paul confesses in Galatians 4 that his apostolic ministry at the first was carnal. If the great apostle says, I had a carnal apostleship, that I was preaching to you in the infirmity of the flesh. So what's the sickness? What's the disease? What's the infirmity? The Bible says the flesh is. If you're submitted to it, you're sick even if you think you're healthy. 
Jesus Christ said, only the sick know they need a doctor. Doesn't mean you have to have AIDS. Or monkeypox. Or any of these weird things that the demons creating. They're demons. Sin, sickness, disease is all demonic activity, demonic witchcraft, demonic sorcery. All of it gets burned up as the cross rises in your spirit and you value your spirit's abilities. And if you don't walk with Christ after you're born again, you don't get Christ's rewards, which is eternal life and health and blessing and peace and all those things. So you have to walk in the spirit of Christ. Those that are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. So having begun in the spirit, shall we finish in the soul, the flesh? Galatians 3.1 asks us, are you going to finish in your mind after you begin in your spirit? Guess where you'll finish? In the graveyard. With an incomplete destiny scroll. With never experienced Christianity, for real, your whole believing life. You believed your whole life, but you never really lived outside of the infirmity of the flesh. It was a and a tech non-existence of the carnality of the mixture of believing in the animal and Jesus. Like an animal believing in Jesus, but I'm stuck in the flesh and I don't know how to get out of it. The sword of the spirit is the prophetic word that separates your flesh from your spirit. The separation of soul from spirit is the separation of your flesh from your eternal immortal spirit and your spirit can do it just say my spirit can do it he has loaded your spirit with power i didn't ask you to say that you guys are zealous Ha 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 ha. Ho 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 I don't know if God is mad at me. I have been a bad boy. No, 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 you know, I'm just making fun of the, what the voices of the flesh say. You gotta make fun of the flesh. Mount Carmel is a place where you mock the enemies of your angel, which is your built-up spirit life, your built-up angelic life, the real you, the new creature in Christ that's no longer just a little sperm in there, like a little freaking tadpole, but has stood up like a warring archangel on the inside of divine love, and you just mock all the dumb, stupid crap of the heart and the brain and the flesh because it's all Satan and it's all lies. None of it's redeemable. The part of you that's redeemable is the part of you that God is fathering and he's only fathering your spirit at the cost of your souls. So what you deal with is the people that say no in the soul realm, but they still want the spiritual stuff anyhow. So there's not actually a cross. What they actually get is witchcraft. If you still want all the spiritual ability, and you want the control of it in your soul, that's what the fallen angels fell from heaven for. Now you're exactly like Satan and his angels. Anyone that enters that heavenly dimension of heavenly ability without the cross, sheep gate to the Father, is a thief and a robber, it is written. So you only can legally, in the new covenant of Jesus Christ, and if you're illegal, you're a man of lawlessness in the kingdom of hell, you can only legally have angelic ability to the size of your internal cross. 
if your cross is big, usually you don't have the upgrades that you paid the price for because it's usually neglected, it's persecuted, despised. You think, oh, I paid a great price in my heart for the cross. You're so blessed in the presence, usually you haven't even gotten any of your rewards yet and you don't even care because you're so fried in the glory. For the true children of God that have crosses, for the true disciples of the kingdom that have crosses, that's usually how it looks. <laughs> but everyone else that's not paid any price are thinking they, they could buy the gifts like the sorcerers and acts. They say, oh, I get it. I deserve it. I've earned it. Give it to me. Give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. What you get is electroshock therapy of the throne of judgment. What you get is thunder and lightning from little children that are going to confound your wisdom. Because the kingdom belongs to innocent little children that are smarter than all the carnal minds in the world combined. Smarter than all the nation's carnal leaders. There's little children on this planet that are ordained for supernatural angelic government. And in the eyes of man, in the discernment of the satanic brain, they are completely unqualified. What qualifies you? The, San the Sanhedrin would be rebuking them to not teach in the name of Jesus because they weren't qualified to be rabbis. You have not yet gone to school. Ordinary, uneducated men teaching in the name of Jesus, they forbid them to teach. It wasn't just about the name of Jesus, it was about teaching. You are not qualified. Let me see your credentials. Credentials in 2022 are the equivalent of witchcraft scrolls. I mean, these schools where you go and get paperwork from some kind of system is diabolical. Yeah. I mean, it is the equivalent of witchcraft scrolls. There's no place in the New Testament where the schools of the apostles did anything like that. They have perverted the prophetic to the point of man's institutions and are yet charismatic. Yeah. Totally diabolical. And what it does is it makes you people pleasers professionally because now you have to please the degree, the paper, the network, the organization, man, the earth. You're pleasing the earth. And the promised land of the heavenly sphere of the angelic of God is unknown to these goofballs, to these false leaders everywhere of false Christianity of the soul that don't even know how to develop their own spirit, let alone their flocks. Their spirits are the same size in their bellies as the first day they were born again. And when spiritual people that actually get the kingdom nourishment, kingdom discipleship out of the earth in the heavenly realm come around, they're persecuted by these false brethren everywhere in the earth in 2022 because of Satan taking over earthly whore of Babylon, Christianity. And that is the truth anyhow. That's why the Bible says, come out of her, my people. What does it mean? Come out of the earth into the heavenly. That's what the Bible says. Revelation 4.1, I saw a door in heaven. It's illegal to practice your faith in the earthly. 
It's illegal. It's immoral. Immorality is practicing the truth of the New Testament in the terrestrial plane. It's immoral. You must practice the divine in the realm of divinity, in the glory realm, in the angelic sphere, in the heavenlies. You must be airborne. The baptism of the fire of the Holy Ghost is to lift you up and out from among the dead, even while in the body. Amen? Holy. 1 Corinthians 2, 7, but rather we are setting forth is a wisdom of God once hidden from the human understanding and now revealed to us by God that wisdom which God devised and decreed before the ages for our glorification to lift us, to say, lift me, lift us into the glory, into the glory of his presence. 1 Corinthians 2.7 Amplified Classic Wisdom lifts us into the glory of His presence. Hallelujah. <laughs> Can somebody go grab me a culture pop? Parched like Egypt over here. Thank you. All this yelling. I like yelling in the glory. Thank you so much. Lord bless him. Look at him dressed up like a son today. Psalms 19. Bam. I believe anything. Psalms 19 is the psalm of the bridegroom's chamber of the sun in the sky. We're not going there. We're going over to Philippians to do flips. Chapter 3, verse 1. So you can have some fun in the S-O-N, son. Not the S-U-N. S-O-N. Unless you get into Zoeastrianism, which is the worship of natural light, also known as Luciferianism of the occult and false Christianity, and why you have Christianity on Sunday and not S-O-N every day. Well, that's what sorcery is, and so we're steeped in it. Just absolutely pickled in it. And uh, the glory realm is practically unknown. But it's the salvation from the natural realm. See, you want creation to rejoice by your ascension. I went to lunch today with Brother Daryl from the Minneapolis community. And during lunch, I saw a vision of Jesus ascending into the cloud. And he said, this is the scripture for the suns that are white doves that fly along like clouds and doves to their nests. He said, this is the scripture for understanding the skyline or the cloud line because Jesus went up into the cloud, the Bible says. Revelation 14, 14, where is he sitting? On the cloud. Is it a glory cloud? Yes. Is it a natural cloud? Yes, it's both. It's both the invisible world 
and the visible world, both ruled by the King of Israel, Jesus Christ. He's not just the ruler of the invisible. They put down palm branches and said, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, and he received all of the kingship praise. He acknowledged, everyone in the world acknowledged this is the King of Israel. What was written above his cross, guys? King of the Jews in all the world languages. King of the Jews. Hello? Hello? King of the Jews. King of Israel. So he was received as the global king of the physical dimension. And he still is. Right? You guys believe it? A little bit. We'll work on it. <laughs> I can feel the measure of faith in here. And we got a long ways to go, honestly. But we're growing in faith. The faith in the heart and the brain and faith in yourself is the substance of doubt and unbelief. That's the realm of the demonic. It's faith in the animal. It's faith in the curse. That is mostly what's in this room right now. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you guys. That's mostly what you guys are into. You want to get into the things of the glory. It'll cost you your faith in yourself and in your natural man. You got to you got to repent. You got to repent. <laughs> You have to obey the word, not just be hearers. And so we want to cultivate an atmosphere in here of faith, which means spirit ability by the sacrifice of natural ability, which will upgrade your natural ability by your angel being formed on the inside that's better at everything than your body is. So that anything that you have skill in, you are exceedingly skillful when your angel does it. Yeah. Like, you have a gift, if you're good at violin, at piano, at carpentry, at singing, at um, driving a car, cooking, any natural skill, writing code for apps on the app store, if you're into technology, in any kind of sector that you have some kind of skill in, if you develop your spirit, you get better at it not worse not sloppy not stupid you actually become exceedingly more excellent in it when they came around the glory of moses in the bible all of the workers they still can't explain the level of skill of the gold workers of moses to build the ark not by hand they can do it with different technology they can do it with machines but to this very moment there is no natural explanation for what they constructed in the excellent of excellence of their hands in the wilderness in their goldsmithing because it's angelic moses was raising up angelic workers with the angel of the lord teaching him on the mountain so true apostolic ministry, which is all we are and all we'll ever be, is the developing of your spirit for a greater ability through your bodies. So you're in this place not for your brain. Listen, your spirit needs to hear it. That's why I should probably whisper more. Because when I raise my voice, people, it goes into their head like the animal did something wrong and the animal's not good enough. That's not at all what I'm talking about. The Word of God is to upgrade your spirit 
to supersede and override the curse of the fall of your outer man. Your spirit has perfection in it. Literally does things perfectly. It drives perfectly. It rides a bike perfectly. Yeah, your spirit rides a bike. Your spirit needs to be in control of your body. Your spirit builds the house so the builders don't labor in vain. Wise, master, builders. The spirit building inside your bellies. Your spirit is rising not just to be like a little wisp or a little mustard seed in your belly. You're just laying hands on the core of your angel. Your angel should be shooting out the top of your head and through the bottoms of your feet and you should be able to wave your arm and see your light being as a silhouette outside of your arms. You need to see your spirit. Those who are pure of heart see God. Where do they see God? In their spirit. Christ in your spirit, the glory, Colossians 1.27, it is written. If there's blockages and you're not able to see God in your spirit, it's because your heart is evil and your heart is condemning you by the law of Moses that is causing your spirit to be shrunken, anemic, inside your flesh. So you loose your spirit by the cross applied to your animal heart. That's how the spirit comes out to party. If the cross is not applied to your heart, you're not a real believer in Jesus. You don't believe in God. You have mere doctrine in the demonic faith of demons believing in God, but are still yet carnal and unsaved and earthly and have no eternal value. So the eternal value is only in the spirit that is recreated. What is the value of God's spirit that he has placed in man? Amen? If anyone is joined to the Lord, they are one spirit together, the Bible says. The issue is your brain only goes as deep as your heart, which is completely fallen. And if that's not true about you, you can rejoice in the truth. If it's true about you, you'll be convicted, not condemned, because the cross is in every word. The prophetic anointing is re releasing the cross of Christ crucified, preaching the cross in every prophetic word. Not the doom and gloom of you're all going to burn as sinners. Sinners in the hands of an angry God. No, revelation, revelatory, prophetic, white eagle, angel preaching the gospel, flying midair from the realm of the overcomers to build your spirit up through your heart completely crucified with Christ. Your spirit doesn't need to be crucified because your spirit's perfect. Your spirit's been born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God and cannot sin. That's what the Bible says. The spirit cannot sin. But all the crap around your spirit, the whole soul, all of the heart, all of the blood, the blood's corrupted, the blood is sinful, the brain has fallen, the senses are fallen, the senses are corrupted, all of that is sin. It's all sin. That's why the flesh has to be burnt up within from the perfect part of you daily. And the cross rises in your heart and changes the light in your blood. Blood is congealed light. You are light beings of natural light in an animalistic form bearing the images of birds, beasts, and reptiles in the flesh. Now you're going back into the image bearing of Yahweh, of your spirit, sacrificing your flesh, bearing the image of the invisible God, the outrain brilliance of the light being Hebrews 1 and is written. Going back into the glory. 
No flesh can revel in my presence, the Bible says, because your spirit leads you up into the presence and you get raised up into different elevations in your heart and mind and you begin to dwell on the mountaintops of Jacob. That's what the Bible says. As your spirit and your spirit's cross crucifies your heart and mind, you will rise in different elevations that are not normal to your animal class of your mommy and daddy's bloodlines. So they'll look at you and be like, how did you get up here? You're not a Rothschild. You're not a Rockefeller. You're not even a sorcerer. What are you doing up here? Then the demons start to get afraid, realizing this is Jesus lifting them up into high places apart from themselves. By faith in, in the cross, faith in Jesus, you are lifted into new elevations that you can't earn no matter how hard you work in the realm of the natural. It supersedes the natural realm. You are being promoted in the natural realm by the glory realm of the cross rising in your hearts. And there's no cap to how high you can go. Normal, ordinary people that came out of the, the boonies of Virginia. We're talking about boonies. We're talking about country folk like you can't imagine. Practically moonshiners picking mushrooms and ginseng. Appalachian honky-tonk town. <laughs> Overalls. That's all they have for clothes and no shoes. Just one tooth. But you come out of you come out of Honky Tonk Town, Hillbilly, USA, Appalachian, the realm of the Appalachian moonshiner, and you give your life to Jesus, all of a sudden you're in Buckingham Palace. How did an American redneck NASCAR born-again conservative Christian get in Buckingham Palace? Jesus. And that's what the fallen angels and the sorcerer class are most afraid of. And that's the real power to the people movement. That's the Great Awakening. Now that's a, that's an extreme and that's only about half of you watching right now. Most of you more, more normal suburbanites have more normal lives than that. But there's some real wild people in the USA. There are people here that, that live off the grid. There are whole cultures in the USA that don't know what day or month is tax day. Never even heard of it. <laughs> Mostly in the ghetto. I don't even know what day that is. That's true. Are you kidding me? I just keep shoeboxes in the closet, dude. I have my own bank. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. In the ghetto. It's a beautiful thing. We ain't mad about it. We're glad that the cross is for everyone. One of the funnest things you get to do in the glory is raise the dead, which is raise the spirit through the dead part of them, of their heart and mind, and then just see what snap crackles and pops every day in their culture. You got hundreds of cultures here. I used to live in Phillips neighborhood, south of West Bank, Minneapolis, and there's 145 languages spoken in those 16 square blocks of that neighborhood. 
It's the most culturally diverse neighborhood in the USA, Phillips neighborhood, South Minneapolis. And I used to live there with Steiger Ministries a long time ago. And you're just enculturated into the whole world in a melting pot. And you just build up their spirit and how it snaps and crackles and pops through their cultures. That's what makes it fun. That's what makes it interesting. Because it's the same Jesus, but it's a different person. It's a different human body. It's a different record in their hearts and their bloods. The last several hundred years are from different regions of the planet. They have different cultures. They have different likes. They have different foods, different music, different art. And I enjoy all of that getting fried in the glory. You want the glorified version of it. You don't want to honor the outside of the culture because then you're honoring the realm of the dead. But if you honor their spirit, you glorify their culture from the inside out, which is the fulfillment of the verse, dash the nations to pieces like pottery. Which means get them out of the shell of the limitations of whatever fallen angel principalities they've been under, under the heavenly sphere. Whatever demons stood upon their regions, whatever demons stood upon their cities, whatever demons stood upon their governments and educations and their cultural systems, those are demons in, of powers and thrones and principalities. That's what the apostolic or the built-up spirit wrestles against in the heavenly sphere to throw that stuff down to the earth for everyone to have an uprising in their spirit into the realm of the overcomer, getting back from the devil, what we lost in the fall. What is that, you guys? The rulership of our spirit over the natural realm. Adam and Eve ruled above the earth, over the earth. What does the Bible say? Take dominion. That's all they knew how to do is have dominion over creation. They didn't know anything else because God had only spoken into them this word, take dominion. And so they took dominion because they didn't know how to disobey because there was no sin in them. God created them perfect in the bliss, in the glory, in the fire, and they were just perfect in it. And that was eternity. You can't measure that. That's why they say it's new earth, old earth. They were, it was an eternal life. You measure this stuff now and be like billions and billions, billions. Listen, Adam and Eve lived an eternity before they fell and time started at the fall. That's how things actually worked here. People want to say, is it short earth, 6,000 year earth? Man, you are goofy. Goofy. You need revelation in the glory realm, understanding light, understanding darkness, pretending to be light, which is starlight. <laughs> the wandering stars, Jude calls them. One third of the stars have left their posts in heavens and are now the false lights of all the false religions of the earth. Christianity is one of them. Fallen angels love Christianity, their version of it. You get into the real one, they hate your guts, and that's why we're persecuted more than any other ministry in the USA. There's no ministry even close to as persecuted as RLM. Search the internet. I hope you prove me wrong because then I want to support them, but it don't exist in America. This is the most persecuted ministry in America because we expose all the works of the devil in our culture, all the complacency, all the immaturity and the prophetic and the apostolic of even the leaders. Not in a hateful, spiteful, judgmental, critical spirit that we're better than you, but in the cross of let's go higher, let's go up, pioneering salvation into a higher realm of the angelic sphere over the earth to take dominion by our angels. 
They are the angel-like children of the resurrection. They are the sons of God. And because they are angel-like, therefore they shall never die. Luke chapter 20, it is written. This is the realm of the overcomer. We need vertical Christianity. The demon is teaching you horizontal Christianity, which is no Christianity at all. It's the Christianity that the demon lives in. It's the Christianity that the devil believes in. This is the Christianity of the Satans. Terrestrial Christianity is as diabolical as it gets, guys. You can't get more deceived than Christianity of the flesh in the earth. Because you got all the truth, but you've nullified its power because of your traditions or because of your earthliness. And the charismatics got traditions too. It's not just the Mennonites. It's not just the assemblies of God. It's not just the Baptists. It's not just the Lutherans and the Catholics. We know the Catholics got a lot of rituals. But it's anything on the earth. Anything earthly is a ritual, which is diabolical. Now, your spirit is seated with Christ in heavenly places, so if you're spiritual, you're not sinning. Okay? You're winning. You're reigning. You're probably getting misunderstood and persecuted by people around you trying to get you into do-do. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Listen, man, I'm ascending vertically. The outflowing of the river does the works. Jesus went into a leper colony and just healed one guy and left the rest of them there sick in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you... People are demon-possessed. They Satan is a slave driver of Christianity. He slave drives the New Testament into your brains to constantly do and perform, and you're never good enough no matter how much you do and do. Win souls, win souls. What about the loss? Weep for the loss. Do, 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 do. You're not doing enough. You're not doing... None of that's God. That's all Satan. Get it out of you. Get the devil out of you. The cross is what pleased the Father. That's what the Bible says. Anyone that's a slave driver pushing works is an instrument of Satan. Now we push the cross and the Holy Ghost will do the works through your crucified animal nature because then you're demonstrating the kingdom and its power and its glory. And the greater works will come forth through the angels for the workers at the end of the age are angels, the Bible says. And it's not talking about Michael, although Michael's doing a lot of works. It's not talking about Sophia, although Sophia's doing a lot of wisdom. It's not talking about Uriel, because a lot of people are rising from the dead. It's not talking about Gabriel, because a lot of young spirits are learning how to communicate the gospel. It's talking about the sons and the daughters of God in their spirit as angels. Amen. You better believe that Jesus' spirit is coming out of his transfigured flesh at the right hand of God, still as the angel of the Lord. (laughs) Jesus is still the angel of the Lord. Holy! He was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. Okay? What does it mean to be slain before the foundation of the world? That the world was created, perfected before anything was made. That Jesus had already died on the cross inside the Father's eternal future before anything was created. Have you known Him from the beginning? You need to. That's how you really come out of time. That's really how you come out of 
time sorcery. That's how you really come out of the carnal mind. Have you known him who is from the beginning? Fathers. Congratulations, young men, for you have overcome the evil one, John says in 1 John. And then also, I congratulate you fathers. So how do you go from young men in the Lord into fathers in the Lord? Sorry, ladies, girls and mothers is not mentioned, but that's John's fault. Don't blame me. <laughs> this is it's just hallelujah. So you want to become fathers. It's the maturity of the spirit. It's not male or female anyway. So just repent. <laughs> fathers, you have known him who is from the beginning. How do you know him is from the beginning? That means that anything temporal in you has been crucified. Do you think the cross is a perfect work that restores you to the glory of the Father before the world was? Because the Bible says it does. Father, I have given them the glory. High priest prayer, John 17. The glory that I had with you before the world was, I have given them. Don't take them out of the world. And then he says this. He says this crazy thing. Don't take them out of the world. I'm going to give them the glory. Keep them in the world, but protect them from the devil. Protect them from temptation. But let them use the glory to restore all things. So you got to get a vision for original garden design of the perfection of the Father, perfect Father, knowing Him from the beginning. You got to put your mind in the Eden realm of glory light. And the angels will help you bring your minds into that realm of the Garden of Eden tonight. Let's say, angels, take my mind into Eden. <laughs> Let's say it again. Angels. Everybody in here, say, angels, take my mind into the Garden of Eden. Because there he can really work on you. Because you have to be transfigured by the renewing of your mind, by the washing of the water, the word of the Garden of Eden. The water is from Eden. Unless you're tapping into the Eden dimension, there's no chance of transformation. You can't transform. It's only heaven in the Eden dimension that transforms you while you're in the earth dimension. Heaven to earth. On earth as it is in heaven. John, uh, Matthew 6, it is written. Hello? On earth as it is in heaven. What's in heaven? The river. The living water, the garden of Eden. Amen. And what is earth? The knowledge of the glory will cover the earth. What's the earth? Your flesh and blood is the earth. That's what earth is. The apostles called these bodies earthen vessels. You already have earth. You don't need anything there. You can't get more earthly than being born of flesh. There's nothing there. Now you need the knowledge of the glory to cover your earth, which is understanding the invisible angelic that Jesus fully is and how he's taking you into that realm and you're invited to go if you want to. And the ones that go drowned everyone else, days of Noah. The ones that go into the heavenly glory, the ones that go into the Garden of Eden, will have a sovereignty as it was in the days of Noah when everyone is giving and taking in marriage, which is enjoying the natural realm, walking around the lake, driving in their car, 
building apartment buildings to rent out, making plans for the future, planning vacations. All these natural things will be transpiring, the Bible says, as the days of Noah. So shall be the coming of the Son of Man. They'll all be distracted by the external except for the remnant that has caused the internal to rise because you're pouring out such an external glory, the ones with no faith are getting blessed on the outside. And they think they're in right standing with God and even though there's zero circumcision in heart and they persecute the overcomers. They're called foolish virgins. They've never produced one drop of glory. There's no cross in their heart. They're fully animal. They're carnal Christians. And they use the external things as evidence of being right with God. And you're not right with God at all. The Bible says those people go to hell. They reveled in an external glory. They reveled in an external anointing of the wise virgins. What does wisdom cost you? Your beast to mix your wine. Proverbs 9.1. Wisdom has killed her beast, so the wise virgin kills the animal to produce the wine and the oil that cannot be harmed. Which means it's not harmed even though it's poured out on the wicked. And the wicked begin to revel. The religious people are the wicked. The charismatic witches are the wicked that revel in the wine and the oil. I have such an anointing out of my ministry, but it's completely stolen from RLM. It's completely stolen from someone else. And you see that constantly. And the real sons and daughters are neglected and put down and they got some kind of mainstream external bewitchment from stolen wine. The Bible says stolen waters are sweet, stolen oil. And they're taking all the credit for all the revelation and all the wine and oil that they've stolen from the ones still living in the cave from Elijah. Uh-huh. That's mostly what you have right now in Babylon the Great. Truth in hell. That's mostly what you have in all Christianity on earth right now. It's an accurate judgment from God the Father's throne. If you want justice, you have to keep going in the midst of total slander, betrayal, misunderstanding, external bewitchment of people thinking the oil is mine, the wine is mine, but there's no cross and they haven't even begun killing the beasts. It's all stolen. All of it's stolen. If there's no cross piercing and killing the animal, there's no wisdom, which means there's no intimacy with Jesus. Yet they're like, give us oil, give us oil. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come oil, come oil, come oil. Holy Spirit's the oil. If it's coming from somewhere else, that means you don't have it produced out of your own heart because your heart doesn't have a cross in it because you're external, which is bewitched. Galatians 3, 1 through 3. It is written. Yes. So you have the wise virgins and the foolish virgins Foolish virgins outnumber the wise about 900 to 1 amongst Pentecostal charismatic Christians on the planet right now. It's 900 to 1. Like Elijah and the prophets of Baal and Asherah. At 900 of them, 800, 1200 of these people, that what? There was an external religion. You say cutting yourself. No, it wasn't about the cutting. It was about come Holy Spirit in the New Covenant context. It was about an external desire for God to come from space or something. Come from Mars. Come from Jupiter. Come from the sun. Come from the moon. It's paganism. It's total paganism, guys. It's Christian paganism. Come from the sky. Oh, I don't think so. Out of your belly flows rivers of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says. It's not even Christianity. They're pagans pretending to be Christians. This is what you're dealing with on mass Christian 
paganism in the whole earth. These are the days of Noah. And it's the Christian paganism that's got them all complacent like the days of Noah. They're not complacent so much on the convenience of the cell phone, the convenience of Netflix, the convenience of technology, the convenience of the Starbucks drive-through. They are totally bewitched on the external anointing in Old Covenant style that they have not even pierced their own hearts to develop their spirit, which is the New Covenant, the new creature in Christ, to produce their own oil through wisdom, says the Lord. Get real and get right in your spirit and sacrifice your hearts tonight. No more witchcraft, pagan Christianity. No more external bewitchment. We want the cross and to produce our own oil as wise virgins. The definition of wisdom is Proverbs chapter 9. The evidence of a wise man or a wise woman is someone who has the cross in their new creature crucifying their beast. Right here, the beast's heart, the pool of blood in your chest, and the beast's mind, your brain. If there's no killing a beast, zero wisdom. You'll know them by their cross. The cross is the wedding garments of the marriage supper of the Lamb. Anyone that gets into the angelic sphere that doesn't have a cross piercing their beast will be thrown down violently by angels. Because you're illegally in the heavens like a thief and a robber. So you have all these fake Christians who are trying to ascend into the angelic sphere, but where's the cross crucifying your hearts and minds? If there is one there, I mean, my God, we'll celebrate with you. I'll get drunk with you. I'll get high with you. I will just enjoy you so much in true kingdom fellowship every single day in the eternal life that has already begun. But if there's no cross, guess what we're going to do? Because God is love. We're going to tell you the truth of how you can rise through the sheep gate of the cross into the angelic sphere of the overcomer and produce your own oil. It's not just about keeping people away in some kind of exclusive elitism club. It's a discipleship of being crucified from your sinful nature. The bride of the Lamb is those married to the cross in their heart. That I hate the Adamic nature. I hate sin. How do you get the oil of joy beyond your fellow companions? By hating wickedness and loving righteousness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy beyond your fellow kings. (laughs) Amen! And there is a a bright anointing here of kingship oil and so if your hearts are getting slain by the word make sure you're drinking the rewards don't punish yourself and maybe your brains are not renewed enough to understand angelic wisdom and so this is like a different language to you just soak in this stuff i only train mature weos dread champions But sometimes we get younger people in the Lord in Red Letter Ministries, and this is like a foreign language to you. So you need to understand the language of wisdom as an actual foreign language spoken by your spirit. 
These words are going into your spirit and teaching your spirit how to talk. Communication is the most important thing. You live by the fruit of your lips and not the sweat of your brow. If you can't talk, you can't live in Christ. They have no ability to talk yet, and they are still yet infants in Christ. Apostle Paul says to the Corinthians, you have not learned how to speak out of your angel. Why? Because you keep speaking out of the flesh, out of the animal, because you're not really learning. You're not really growing. You're only learning and growing if you're changing and circumcising your tongues. Your words will be your judges. We want the white throne judgment seat of Christ because we want the words of glory judging the animal every time we talk. Judgment is what cleanses you from sin. Salvation is a judgment towards damnation. You're saved because the curse was judged by the act of Jesus at Calvary. You're saved through judgments. Grow in judgments and you'll grow in the glory. So just let the word judge your heart, judge your mind, judge your organs. Your organs need to be judged. Just say, Lord, judge my organs. Stuff will come out of your brains, out of your heart's an organ, your brain's an organ. Get the demons out of your organs. You know, they want you to be organ donors. No, I'm not donating my organs to the realm of the dead. I need these organs in the heavenlies. Amen. You need your organs in the heavens. Come on. This heart belongs to Jesus now. He's using it for his purposes of the glory realm of the angelic sphere to reign through my soul. The fire of God out of your hearts will flow rivers of fire. It's okay to donate your organs to the Holy Ghost, though. Amen. In fact, you can't grow in Christ unless you do. It's like you hold your organs for some other spirit, but you don't give them to Holy Spirit, and that's why you die prematurely. Make sure you give your whole body to the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, your body is not your own. You're bought with the price. Honor God by giving Him your flesh and blood, your bodies. He's a master potter. Your body is the clay the Bible teaches, and He wants to reconstruct your body as a new earth. A new earthen vessel that doesn't resist, that's not complicated or confused, that's not full of doubt and unbelief of Satan and his demons and sorcery and witchcraft and rebellion and all the lust of the demons are all burnt out of you. He wants an earthen vessel that's chaste, virgin and purity to pour forth through you. And it's the word of the prophets that cleanse you. The Bible says it's the prophetic word or the word of the prophets that is the fire of your cleansing of your vessels. It's the word of Moses. Song of Moses, Deuteronomy 34. My words are like light rain upon tender mown grass. I cause my words to come down from the mountain and they mowed the grass. What was the grass? Israel their minds weeds Jesus used the same language they grow up in you wheat or tares wheat tares weeds or weeds Jehovah wanna or just some track garbage that'll give you lung cancer you don't want that kind of black smoke you man 
You guys doing alright? What dimension is this? It's the dimension of the glory fire. It's the realm of the overcomer. Let it boggle your eyeballs and your brains. Just pickle our minds, Lord. Pickle our skulls. Give us the numbskull anointing. <laughs> Lord, let us go into effortless faith. The faith of Jesus is your energy. A lot of you trying so hard because you have a religious spirit. You ain't going to get it with a religious spirit, which is the try harder nonsense of unbelief. You don't need to try harder. You just need to believe. What's the work of God? To believe in the one God sent. It is written. So you grow your faith by effortless faith. And the substance of things hoped for becomes an evidence of the invisible inside the glory cloud, seated on the cloud, living in the cloud, becoming the skyline and overcomer. Your spirit is already an overcomer when you're born again. You've overcome death. That's the biggest thing. You overcome death in your spirit the first day you believe in Jesus. Now let's take our souls with us. You got to take your souls into your spirit. That'll cost you the world. That'll cost you your entire Adamic nature. That'll cost you all the blood in your heart. That'll cost you all the thoughts in your mind, all your ideas and opinions about everything. It'll cost you your culture. It'll cost you all the realm of the dead, all the temporal realm to go into the eternal realm. It's not much of a price to pay as giving up the realm of the dead every day. You're not really doing much. You're actually just coming into agreement with truth. It's not like we're up here boasting. Oh, look how much I paid a price for it. The only price I paid was give up Satan. And give up Satan's sorceries. That's the only price you guys pay. That's the only thing he's asking you to give up. Is Satan. It's not much. It's not hard. But if you like him, you won't give him up. What is Satan? Primarily, the Bible says the expression of the fallen angels and their influence in our minds is one thing. And this is what we're dealing with here in this room and in many people watching. Unbelief. Unbelief. And that's why we don't live in the effortless glory cloud is because we really don't believe the prophet's words. We don't mix the hearing with the obeying. We're not doers of the word, we're just hearers of Joel's bar. And that's many of you in this place. That's many of you watching. And it's not to condemn you, it's to reveal the truth that God knows your partial commitment. That you are not fully committed to the cause of His kingdom. That you're committed to yourself. And He just wants you to know that He already knows that. And he still loves you anyway. And he'll still tell you the truth. But when you're ready for a greater commitment to give your soul to Christ in your spirit, he's waiting on you. You're not waiting on him. He's waiting on you. There's no waiting on the Lord in the new covenant. Out your belly flows rivers. He's waiting on your heart to go through the cross and to sacrifice everything you are for everything he already is in the new creature in your belly that you really don't know very well yet. Not a fully God-inside-minded, effortless kingdom reality that 
we're living in. It's mostly a technon, infancy in Christ, by the energy and the belief system of the brain, like something's dependent on me instead of Christ in me, because we don't know him very well. We need to go from knowing about him here by listening to the prophets in this group to having an intimate relationship with the word working in my spirit and Jesus Christ standing up as a pillar of fire inside my body and my inner man on fire through the sacrifice of my heart. This word will grow up in your spirit and devour your heart if you let it grow in you. If you trust the word of God, it will never let you down, but it only works by giving it the soil. If you put a tree inside of a house and you put the roof on it, it just hits the roof and it will eventually die because you haven't given it any space to grow. So is the tree of life in your hearts. If your heart caps it out in your spirit, it'll always be just a tiny little shrub in there and you'll never really know God. You'll never know the kingdom. You'll see others know God. You'll see others talk about the kingdom, but you won't have that experience because you've capped the tree of life Christ in you from growing and you haven't given him your heart. Behold, I stand at the ceiling of your heart. Will you let me grow through your heart? This is how you get transformed of soul to get the inheritance of Jesus Christ as you stop blocking Christ in your spirit from taking the territory of your soul. This is what all of us need to do more so. Get the cap off of Christ in you. Christ is really in you. Believe the prophet's words, you get the prophet's reward. The prophetic is the testimony of the truth of the kingdom realm completed in Jesus Christ, now completed in all y'all's bodies, if you believe the word and sacrifice to the word, devouring the cap of your own soul. Amen? Well, let's just have an act of confession here today. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to remove the cap of my heart off of the tree of life growing in me. Yeah, these acts of confession are everywhere in the Bible. Confess with your mouth and you get something. But if you don't confess, if you don't change your words, you don't get anything. You have to speak a thing into existence and it shall be established, it is written. You are currently living right now in your soul life on the earth in the exact measurement of faith that's in each one of your words, whether they're working or falling to the ground. And so the words on your tree is what's growing in your soul from your spirit. Whether they be the tree of life or the tree of knowledge, there's a lot of tree of knowledge still in here. And so all of that has to be pruned. If you guys want to really make it, I'm being honest with you right now, in the seer dimension, if you want to make it, you're going to have to prune the whole tree of knowledge out of you. And it'll have to be uprooted. It doesn't have to be all at once, because you would die. You'd physically die. But you're going to have to make room for the tree of life to grow in your heart and push out the tree of knowledge. The Bible talks about, all over the scriptures, the uprooting of that thing, the uprooting of that other thing, the uprooting of this other thing. There needs to be an uprooting and a tearing down of the old, tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is the temporal man, 
the natural man, and there needs to be a rising in your heart of the morning star, the spiritual man, the tree of life. Jesus Christ is the bright morning star, also known as the tree of life, rising in our hearts. 2 Peter 1.19, it is written by the prophetic word, which is feeding that tree system, feeding that fruit system, that kingdom of heaven growing within you. Amen. And I realize trees take a long time to grow. You can't beat a tree and get more fruit than its size. It's only been around a couple years. Most of you only been around a couple years. Have you ever seen a two-year-old apple tree? You'd be lucky to get four apples off of it. They're tiny. I have a three-year-old apple tree in my backyard and it produces like three apples a year. But wait till it's like 30. Wait till it's 20. We'll have apples everywhere, ruining every lawnmower. We have to be throwing apples out of the yard. We'll have to have a fertilizer and a compost bin because there'll be so much fruit. And so it is with your spirit and the Word of God, which is the seed of the tree of life, growing in your spirit. And the Lord says these things to, to comfort you with the spirit of counsel. Trees take time to grow. Remember tree beard? Anything worth saying takes a long time to say. Amen? And they're like nine million years old. Shaba. You need the tree beard glory. Lord, give us the tree beard in 19. Where you're young at nine million. You know, you get into the tree of life, you guys, and really believe this stuff, you'll begin to experience it. That unbelief will burn out of you. You know, unbelief is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Also known as just being soulish. A natural demonic man. The natural man is the demon man. The spiritual man is the angelic man. You're either a demonic man by being natural, or you're a, a heavenly man by being spiritual. The Bible uses those terms. So... We have a lot of demonic men and women around. We still love them, but they're totally demonic because they're totally natural. The earthly is the realm of the dead. It's the realm of the demonic. Have nothing to do with the realm of the dead. Don't eat dead fruit. Don't eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's death. The Bible says when they ate it, they died. But people are so dead, they just keep eating death into their dead soul until they die. And we haven't really changed our diet to be only the tree of life yet. That's completely obvious, even amongst most of the sons of God. They don't have a pure tree of life diet. Amen? The per a perfect diet, you are what you eat. If you only eat from a tree of life, you'll never have a negative thing experienced on the inside of you, ever. You'll never have any negative thing. You'll be in perfect bliss, perfect peace, perfect internal glory inside the temple 24-7. Nothing bad ever goes on in here because you only eat from the tree of life. If you're eating from the other tree, it's questioning this, questioning that, doubting, unbelieving, torture, torment. The way of the unbeliever is hard, the Bible says. That's the path of destruction. It's a hard way. The way of faith is easy and light, like little children. The sacrifice, the hardness in your hearts. Sacrifice all the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in your souls and just turns into life. There's no hardness or heaviness to life. It's just light and airy. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit, for trimming our branches, uprooting the tree of the knowledge of good and evil from all of our bellies. Thank you for spiritual surgery at the sound of my voice of everyone online and everyone in this room making room for the tree of life and all of its eternal glory inside these earthen vessels until we have a new earth and the covering of the branches of this tree of life will be the new sky and your own spirit will sit on your branches and you'll eat from your own fruit you'll eat from and drink from your own vineyards the bible says when your spirit's that big out of body all the time because you're no longer in the flesh out of the flesh in the presence of almighty god constantly creating the whole atmosphere of the earth as trees of life in the garden with fruit producing trees each tree producing fruit after its own kind in the glory in the garden of all the earth made new by the manifesting of you in your spirit when you just burn up your souls all you gotta do is burn up your souls it'll be a manure pile it'll be an absolute dumpster fire there is nothing good in the human heart you don't have one good thing in your human heart but in your belly is God the goodness of God you have Almighty God Jesus Christ in you Colossians 127 1 John 4 for the greater one in you than he that is in the world soul is world spirit is kingdom the greater one lives in spirit if you can progressively burn away your soul you get his soul, which is the seven spirits of God, burning, blazing, all the ability of Jesus Christ, bride of Christ, equally yoked to Jesus Christ with all his spiritual abilities manifesting from your spirit. The visible dimensions, they still might not understand, but you'll be ruling and reigning over them anyhow. You'll be burning through them in rivers and rains of glory fire anyhow, which is divine love raining from every cloud where there is an overcomer. Jesus ascended into the cloud. He's waiting on you to ascend through that flesh into the cloud right above you. You'll go high. How will you know? Because you'll be so blissed out all the time. You'll actually begin to materially materialize the cloud and see the cloud. I see the cloud every single day. I see the glory continuously. I close my eyes and I see God. The pure in heart see God. Matthew 5, the circumcised in heart always see the Lord of glory. He's not far away. He's closer than the air you breathe. He's actually in you. Realize the Lord of glory's closeness. Emmanuel, God is with us. There is one who stays closer than a brother. The only reason why we don't feel it is because our hearts are evil. Because we've chosen this animal pool of blood, put the cross to it, you'll feel him right away. <laughs> the more cross you apply to the animal heart, the more you'll feel the glory and see the glory. That's why it says the pure in heart or the purified heart or the crucified heart, see God. You're created to see God continuously. God is that light, that Shekinah, when you close your eyes through your crucified heart, you see the glory. You will all see the glory. And there is time yet still to purify your hearts to see the glory. That's what time was created for. Yeah, we want to put pressure on you so you don't waste any time. But you have these days, these 24-hour cycles, to use your time to crucify your heart to begin to see the glory progressively. Amen. Use your time wisely. Don't just use your time on the natural realm. You got to make time for the glory. You have time to practice the presence of God. 
You have time to practice your cross through your heart. Doesn't mean you just have to sit in your closet like a hermit. It means you just have to be consciously aware that Jesus is in you. He's awakening your spirit to burn through your hearts and he's going to renew your mind from the inside. And he's going to stand up in you as a man of fire. And then whatever you're doing, he's going to do it better with you together in those bodies together. That's the new covenant. Amen. Stay where you are. Stay what you're doing and let the man of fire burn it up. Unless it's sin, unless it's like drug dealing or prostitution or something stupid. The Bible actually recommends you stay in the same jobs that you had before you knew him on the inside. So you can glorify your business skills right where you're at. That's what the Apostle Paul is telling us churches in the Bible. If any of you are into building tents, keep building tents. Just now build them in the glory. If any of you are master craftsmen, now be master craftsmen in the glory. Let the glory make you better at the things you're doing and your faith will grow right in your practical daily experiences. In your relationships with your families and kids and your friends. Go into the glory and glorify your relationships. And don't be a snob that I know something better than you. You got to conform my image. Just give them a drink of the glory and get your head off of the situation. It's not going to come in a way that your brain can comprehend it. It's going to come like living water. The spirit and the bride say come and drink, which means head off. Cap off, heart off, get your forms out of the way. Just give them the glory. Let them go wild in the glory in their own organic expression of freedom and abundant life in the glory. Come on. Freedom and abundant life in the glory. You just give them the drink of the glory. You don't need to preach at them preachings for the mature ones that want solid meat. Just give them a drink of the glory, energize their spirit, teach them if they're hungry, if they want some bread, give them some fresh bread. A lot of times you just have to give them a drink. The Bible says don't even give them bread, give them a drink. The spirit and the bride say come and drink. Evangelism is giving them a drink. Nothing to eat, but just all you can drink. That's what the Bible says. Later on, they'll learn to eat, which is receive the word of God and the teachings of the bride who gave them a drink. But they have to drink first in order to receive the word. Otherwise, it's just going to be, whoo, this is impossible. But if you're drunk on the living water, on the fountain of the Lamb, on the glory then the teaching super energizes your spirit and you get upgrades and abilities every Joel's bar. Truth anyhow. But so make sure you're drinking the living water so that your spirit upgraded every time you're here and it's not some soulish activity for you and a religious demon stealing your inheritance. Amen? Yeah! Amen! Wow! Some of you guys should probably listen to this sermon again tonight because I was speaking bypassing your souls and your minds into your spirit directly into nearly every person listening in your situation. <laughs> and God is going to just spring up in you in a fresh new way. In the live broadcast, it's so personal that we have a lot of defenses up. We have like a heart defense up. We don't mean to. We don't want to. We're just hardened from being human in the world. 
but then go back after feeling the love of God and, and knowing how much he loves you, that it's a message of pure impartation for the upgrade of your angelic ability and get your spirit upgraded and updated through today's word. In Jesus' name, and we'll see you tomorrow. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you're thankful for the message, you can give an offering. God loves a cheerful giver. You spell 100 T H O U S A N D. Amen. <laughs> Days will pour out my spirit. Well, you know, the Bible says butter and cream. Job said this that God anointed my feet with butter, and some versions say cream. So I put them together, and then it says, and the rivers, uh, the rock poured out rivers of oil for me. So this is butter and cream and cream and butter. Well, butter and cream and the cream and the butter and the butter and the cream and the cream and the butter. Butter and the cream and the cream and the butter for me today. Well, butter and cream and cream and butter. Butter and cream and cream and butter. Butter and cream and the cream and the butter for me. Let's sing it again. Well, butter and cream and the cream and the butter and the butter and the cream and the cream and the butter. Butter and cream and the butter and the butter on me. Well, butter and cream and cream and the butter. Butter and cream.